The Fireball Tim Etsy Garage, in collaboration with White Roof Radio, is proud to bring you the Hollywood Car Show. This is the Hollywood Car Show, episode number four for Friday, August 4th, 2023. Let's go! Whew. Way back in 2008, Fireball and I spent the day bebopping around Hollywood. We had a VIP tour of Warner Brothers lot, which was super great. What was even super greater is we got the chance to interview George Barris in a shop. This is that interview. You, you, know, you built a lot of cars for, for a lot of clients, thousands of clients over the over decades of time. But, you know, what are some of the cars that you had originally back in the 40s that kind of inspired you and then, and then got other people to want to have you build cars for them? Well, actually, I started out in 1938 as a 13-year-old boy, and my parents had a hotel and a restaurant, and they gave my brother and I their hand-me-down 1925 Buick, which I was able to customize, and customizing in those days was going down to the hardware store and getting some house paint and painting scallops on the fenders, <laughs> we with five and dime, we got some foxtails, went to the kitchen store, got some pans, made some hubcaps, <laughs> and then I took the gold knobs off my mother's cabinet drawers put him in the grill. Of course, when I went to school, I was, that's where I got the terminology king, because I was a king, but oh, okay. when I got home at night and mom couldn't get in her cabinets, of course, then I was in big trouble. Of course, I got grounded again for another week. Do you think that's a standard for automotive enthusiasm to uh, to rip off stuff out of your house and use them for your cars? Not really, not, uh, but the standard was whatever way you can make it work to have your car look prettier, because we couldn't get those beautiful Cadillac uh, Hubcaps and those are sombreros. Yeah, yeah. So the only way we can get it is when the Cadillac would pull up to a stop sign. By the time he took off and got into the street, his hubcaps were gone. Nice. <laughs> and we had him. We had him that night on a nice fifty Mercury. Yep. But that was the extent of what we did, kind of like illegally, because we couldn't really find a way to buy them. Yeah, whatever it takes. Yeah. So that uh, kind of got us then into the forties. So when I went to school, I, I tried to take uh, art. Uh, all they taught me to do is to draw. Uh, flowers. I didn't want to draw flowers. I went into the, the metal shop and they taught me how to make drain pipes. I didn't want to make drain pipes. So I went down to a little body shop over in Sacramento and the guy threw some fenders out in the dirt and gave me a torch and showed me how to light a settling welder. And he says, go ahead and play. He says, whatever you want to do. I said, I don't want to repair fenders. I want to shape that fender. I want to make it look different. Mm-hmm. That's when I took a dolly and hammer and started whacking away and learning how to work the torch. And finally I uh, learned more and more and that's when I finally went into doing my first car I got uh, after I lost the Buick yeah. I went into a 32 Ford and nosed it and decked it and put some cat eye taillights on it and recessed the plate and buddies in school would come in and say oh god those cat eye taillights look great how about putting in my car I said sure ten dollars yeah. big big ten dollar bill was great <laughs> so that was uh, basically and, really far back yeah. and my first shop was my own shop was my girlfriend we were out in the country I uh, my parents had a, 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 a ranch, so my girlfriend had a, a. She lived in a ranch, and she had a barn that she let us use to let me use to customize my cars. So I had a couple of cars in there, and I was working on a '34 Ford out out in the, in the uh, yard. And I'm welding away on the back pan, and my buddies come up to me and say, "George, gas tank's right there." You know, I said, "Don't worry about it." I went and got a garden hose and stuck it in the gas tank. Run the water all out, went all over the ground, the dirt, and I struck the torch, started welding again. My buddies come up to me, but George, gas doesn't just go away, it stays on top of water. Ah, bologna sauce. Went and got a match, 
<laughs> lost the, was that I the, lost the, the barn. I lost the cars. You lost your eyebrows. And, too, and I lost my girlfriend. Oh, so, oh no. So that was the extent of my first shop, which was kind of exciting. And then I, uh, I learned a lot from a guy by the name of Harry Westergaard in Sacramento. He was a real good metal shaper. Mm-hmm. Learned how to make fadeaway fenders and uh, I began to become more and more accustomed to how I can shape metal and get things doing. Of course, in those days, we didn't have English rollers and we didn't have metal shapers. All we had was a big old hand roller and whatever you can find and mm-hmm. a suede sandbag and a wooden mallet and you pound away. And uh, I was fortunate to learn how to use an old arc welder, which would <laughs> throw up so much heat it warped everything it went into. So <laughs> it, it was a. It was a pioneering for me, and uh, from the 40s, it went, uh, was really, the pioneering era is that I finally made a 36 Ford that was really wild, and I said, okay, I'm going to go down to the big city, I, boom, I go to down to Los Angeles and went out to Piccadilly Drive-In, and that's where all the guys hooked up to do driving, and they looked at my 36 Ford, and I'm looking at these cars they got, I God, you chopped a forty-four, and it's ugly. You made the back higher than the front. You blacked out the windows, and you squared with square doors. And uh, <laughs> and uh, when we all went dragging, we'd go up the Sepulveda Highway and line up all the cars, and two guys would drag. Of course, those days when they dragged race in the street, you dragged for pink slips. If sure, you uh, sure. if you lost, you lost your car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But all of us would line up, and music would go, and the girls would be out there dancing, and the lights are going, and this guy, uh, Ernie, he had a forty-four. It was so ugly. And, and had no door handles, and this girl come up to me and she says, "Well, George, how you open your doors?" I got no. I looked at him and I said, "Hey, how you open your doors?" And he looks at me, snotty, and kicks. Of course, that means he had a lever underneath the rocker panel. Oh, okay. He, he kick it, yeah. and I said, "Well, I went over to my thing and I hit my top, pop, electric door pops open. Then, nice. of course, the girls got all excited. <laughs> so that guy lost his girl. I got his girl, and I still have the electric doors. <laughs> so that nice. shows you that uh, that's how it progressed. And I so finally, the, the cars were real chick magnets. Yeah, yeah. Well, they had the good old electric solenoids off the starters yeah. that we had with cables and, oh. bullies, and bullies and not like today. Yeah, <laughs> it was a pioneer, and then. Yeah, well, it must have been because you're, you know, you, nowadays you can walk into any shop and you see pretty much any tool you need well, at a moment's notice to be able to do anything. But back then, you had to make your own tools too, yeah. didn't you? Today, I call it what I call customizing is catalog customizing. Mm-hmm. Open up a catalog, whatever you want: electric doors, push button doors, visuals, shaping, full front end, full chassis, full bodies, mm-hmm. whatever you want. Yep. You yeah. were lucky if you got a fiberglass part in those days. Right. Now you got fiberglass bodies chopped and channeled. Like Winfield's got chopped mercuries with all different sizes and all yeah. different shapes. Yeah. So, And now they're doing it all out of metal. So mm-hmm. they're able to do more and more. But it's all, today's era is all catalog. Yeah. Well, so where, where, where do you, where do you think it's going? It is like, the, what was that little wheel, that uh, the, the, the electronic battery thing, that the energizing battery? The Energizer Bunny. Yeah, the Energizer Bunny. That's yeah. the way the car industry is. It's just going to keep rolling and rolling and rolling. I see no end to our car culture. Mm-hmm. There's always going to be something from what I call the 50s was old school. Mm-hmm. Today mm-hmm. is new school. Now we got vertical doors, we got hybrids, we got uh, uh, chopped uh, Camaros, we got the Mustangs made into pickups, we got uh, Magnums that got 24-inch wheels in the back, 22s in the front, we got lifts that go up and down, it dances. <laughs> so the, the car culture is just absolutely growing in leaps and bounds and stronger and stronger than ever because uh, the reason why is car industry and the car fun and the, and the things that we all did and do 
will never go away, and it's enjoyable. Uh, I, I learned one thing. I got a rule when my grandson first started doing his first car. I said, you got a rule, Art. Customs of L.A., none of us smoked. We have a five-point rule. You don't smoke, you don't drink, you don't have drugs. So that means you devote yourself to two bad habits, cars and girls. Right on. So, <laughs> of course, I put the cars before the girls, but that was okay, too. But We had the greatest times in the world. Uh, our customs of Los Angeles was synonymous for tooling to down to uh, Balboa Island and to the to the club down there, or not the club, but the uh, rendezvous ballroom where Stan Kenton, I did a car for him, Lionel Hampton, I did a car for him. So we'd all take all of our custom cars and go down there. And uh, it was kind of a thrill because it became every year on Easter week, the customs of Los Angeles would go to Balboa for a parade. <laughs> so we'd all parade in with about 30 or 40 custom cars with no girls. So as we're going down the tour, and we see a girl along the side that we like. We pop the electric button, and the door opens, and the girl would come in, which was great. So we all, we were at that time, we were what we called jitterbuggers. We liked to do swing dancing. And that's oh, okay. why we Sweet. went with the Lionel Hampton and Stan Kenton. And by that time, we went down to the rendezvous, and we reserved a parking lot. And we pulled all the cars in and parked, and we all went in the, to go dancing. But, but the boyfriends would come over, and they were all mad because <laughs> we had the girls. I said, wait a minute. I said... We're not, you know, and and he, he looked at my little guy. We had a little guy who was about four foot tall, and his name was Norty. And this six foot ten guy would walk up to him. You got my girlfriend, and Norty says, "No, we don't have a girlfriend. The only reason why you lost your girlfriend is because you're a s s s s s You're ugly. You're no good. You don't know how to." And the guy looks at this little guy and he says, "You're talking to me like that." And he didn't get three more words out of it. And Norty went into him like a like a barracuda. <laughs> Boom. Then I grabbed the guy and said, "Wait a minute." We don't want your girl. We love to dance. Come on in with us. Sam Kenton's a friend of mine. Lionel Hampton's a friend of mine. We love to jitterbug. We like to dance. And it's just that our cars, we brought them there. If not, you'd all be out in the streets still waiting to try to get in. Yeah. So the cars drew the girls because they were beautiful. And the cars drew a lot of us guys because we enjoyed doing it. Mm-hmm. So that's basically how we had to really in the, the 40s and the 50s to really pioneered and mm-hmm. of course the movie industry finally grabbed us because in the 50s came <clears throat> drag racing on the street up to support to do all those dramatic things that we had to do cops would chase us all the time because but they never could catch us because we we're too fast <laughs> but we never did anything wrong i mean the most we ever did in, in the early days was get some sombrero hubcaps because uh, but we leave some <laughs> money in the door for them so that <laughs> well, there you go. Right on. <laughs> we never wanted to really be stealing we just couldn't get them and uh so the fun thing that we had with everybody was that we all had fun. We enjoyed it. Car culture, the 60s, became the real traumatic time because we went from movies in the 50s to television in the 60s. Now we're in every household in the world in the small box. Boom, came Beverly Hillbillies. Then came the, uh, the Monsters. And then came Batman. Then came the Monkeys. And then came the Green Hornet. Then came the, 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 the Knight Rider. And then the Dukes of Hazzard. And mm-hmm. the movie industry really cultured cars right. as well as Peterson did with the print media mm-hmm. when we did the first show with him in 1948 at the LA Armory where then he started the uh, the different uh, sound like Batman starting somewhere <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the movie industry was uh, and Peterson with Hot Rod Magazine in 48 Motor Trend in 49 Cardcraft in 50 Rod Custom in 51 yeah. but I was able to photograph I learned from John Derrick how to photograph cars 
because when we had a car photographer for the magazine, he'd chop chop off a bumper or a fender, oh. or he's used to photographing girls. And I said, well, we want cars to be full. I want to see the bumpers. I want to see that. Mm-hmm. And I don't want telephone poles coming off the back of the car. Mm-hmm. So I'd pick the sites that we would do, and uh, that's why we became so synonymous with the, uh, the print media to uh, get worldwide through the print, through movies, and through TV. And then Detroit finally came. Mm-hmm. They said, oh, look what you're doing. Motor Trends said, I changed the face in Detroit because within two or three weeks, we can make the car look different where it would take them a year or two. Sure. So they come to me and they say, well, we have to have a Mercury done, a Marauder. Uh, that was uh, more Bourdonnais and Dave Ash from Styling. And they said, we have to have a Mercury Marauder for a, a car show. We only have five weeks. We can't make the clay to do that. I said, I don't want clay. Just give me a sketch. Okay, they gave me a sketch, sent the car out. Boom, 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 boom. We bring the car, chop the windshield, no pose, floating headrest, pistol grip steering, Nassau ducks, candy apple red. Nice. Look great. Pull it out of the lawn. Dave Ash comes in, takes a look at it. He says, oh, looks great, George. Thanks a lot. Go in the office. I give him a bill, and he looks at the bill, looks at me, and I said, oh, my first job with Detroit, and I charge him too much money. He looks at me and says, thanks, George, you saved us a million, too. <laughs> wow! So That was a learning experience for you. Yeah, but still, they gave me a lot of work. We yeah. were able to make the, take the Ford Galaxy and take it from a coupe to a fastback to a two-door yeah. station wagon. and We nice. just learned so much between that and uh, Chuck Jordan from General Motors and Dave Holes from General Motors and Mitchell from General It seemed that the, the whole automobile industry gathered together, mm-hmm. even myself, with the toy industry. Now we got miniatures men at AMT. They got us in first of 1960. Uh, the World of Wheels and the Autoramas in Detroit, they started making shows. Mm-hmm. The Grand National Show up in Oakland, they started doing cars. Mm-hmm. So between all the venues of getting exposure made it stronger for everybody else to get in. Yeah. And either guys like Pioneering guys, Balon from Oakland, Winfield uh, from Star, uh, Modesto, Cushenberry uh, from uh, which was one of the best, and Starbird was back east, and mm-hmm. and the A brothers were back east. Sure. So there's the, the whole industry just seemed to escalate strong and good, and then we start getting the uh, first English roller I got. Uh, Guy came in, Summers came in, and he had two little balls. And he says, this is a roller. I said, what do you, what do you mean a roller? He says, you rub them together, and we can shape the metal. Oh, great, I got some exhaust tubing, and I made a, a ramp, and I put a foot guide on it so I can make the pressure go. And, and nice. It was, it was great. It was just a lot of fun. That's awesome, George. So uh, that kind of talking real real fast and give you a history of uh, several years of, uh, uh, you know, like I've only been doing it for over 60 years, and I'm only 39, so that's <laughs> <laughs> I still got a few, I got a few more uh, years going. That works pretty well. Uh, how, how old are you now? Well, like I said, I was 39, yeah. and uh, I'm popping off about 83 right now. And you are wow. you are just smoking now. You oh, are yeah. just moving just it's, as fast as you were then. It's stronger now than it ever has been because we have more of the venues, more of the media mm-hmm. to uh, follow. We have more of the exhibitions to follow. Mm-hmm. We have more of the public assembly and the people that are growing into the car industry as well as the car industry themselves, as you will see now, muscle cars, uh, Carroll Shelby and... Of course, my new innovations now, I've done a lot of the old school, 50 Mercury's, mm-hmm. chopping them and shoeboxes, sectioning them and 40 Fords. And now I love the new school. Yeah. New school is hybrids. Right. Great. Change them to make them look great. Mm-hmm. 
vertical doors, 22-inch, 24-inch wheels, sculpture the fender wells, cut the back end, mm-hmm. tuck it all in. It, mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. Cool. I got a Magnum. We got a Mustang. I, I popped it, put in a limousine back window, <laughs> put a f- full fastback, you push a button, and it becomes a pickup. Oh, nice. And, uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it's the fun that you can have with the new school that we had the Pioneer as we did it in the old school. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's uh, it's a great industry to do things. I mean, One of my biggest things I'm doing right now is a hybrid 32 Ford. Mm. And mm. the unique thing about that, I'm using a 32 Ford frame, 32 body. Yeah. I'm taking a, a Prius chassis, not the chassis, but the engine and mm. electric power, and move it to the rear. Mm. Now, that's front-wheel drive, so now i got steering in the rear. Mm. Now I put a Mustang power front in. Now i got steering in the front. Mm. Now i got... <laughs> Quadro steering. Mm-hmm. First 32 Ford hot rod with quadro steering, electric and gas. Power <laughs> so in the rear. Still nice. got a 32 body though. So I didn't change it. Got a headrest. Nice little windshield. But I sculptured the front end. Got a nice point. The lights are built into the side things. Little uh, prowler type fenders on it. 22s and 24s. And that's kind of a thrill because I got the first hybrid hot rod. That's still a hot rod. That's and, uh, that's what I had to do when I did smoke that. Smoke on the quarter mile and get 30 miles a gallon doing it. When I did the Alucard, the 29 Ford, that was the first time that yeah. a hot rod was changed. Yeah. And the Mercury with uh, Sam's Merc. That was, Sam bought the car. We uh, had it at our shop. Uh, he went down and bought it five miles on. We bring it from the shop, uh, from the dealer. We didn't even have the paper signed yet. We were pulling the upholstery and the glass out, hacksaws whacking away at the top, trying to figure out how we're going to get that top down that'll look good. Then we decided to get rid of the notch on the fender. We pulled f- full fadeaways. We didn't want to put the grill attached to the body, so we put a floating grill nice. and uh, rounded all the corners and frenched all the headlights. And that's that's, uh, that's how they uh, really work. Yeah. yeah, very very cool, George. We appreciate your time, man. Yeah, Good. very that's much. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks for having me. We'll see you on uh, the next time. We'll come back again when we get maybe uh, aircraft becoming a hot rod. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Again. Thank you. Man. Thanks, George. Evie and Fireball will return next week with a brand new episode. In the meantime, click over to the Fireball Etsy shop and get yourself a mug. Might I recommend for this week, the Mach 5 mug. I can hear the theme song already. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please click back over to thehollywoodcarshow.com. There you can leave a note in the show notes. You can also email us feedback at thehollywoodcarshow.com. Till next week, gang, this is DB. I'm done. Um, and you guys need to follow Fireball over at the Twitter, nope, the Instagram, because he actually just posted a really cool picture of the Munster cars. Oh, and yeah. It, oh, those are so Dragula, cool. baby. I'm going to no. do Dragula also, but uh, I'll spread them out. Yeah, maybe. Because, oh, so cool. Oh, and you posted the monkey's car again, too, and that's just ridiculous. So Yeah, it's crazy. You know, a lot of those people, you know, most people think that George Bear's pretty much built all these cars, but he really didn't. He did a lot of a lot of very famous ones, uh, Munster Coach and, and things like that. But like the yeah. Monkey Mobile wasn't, wasn't built by yeah. George. Nope. It was uh, Dean Jeffries. Uh-huh. And uh, and some were like no-name guys, you know? So back back in the day, it was really, it didn't come down to who was necessarily the best builder. It was like who could who could build it for cheap, yeah. you know? Uh, exactly. They didn't have a lot of, studios didn't have a lot of money, so they just kind of asked people to do stuff. Um, yeah. And then, of course, Gene Winfield built a lot of cars for movies like Blade Runner and, and uh, 
lots and lots of TV shows. Super um, cool stuff. Yeah, and, and he's he lives out in, in the desert. He's probably melting also. Yeah, probably. We that's what we do in the desert. We melt, and then we sit by the pool, and then we just you know whatever. So it's kind of fine. like a like a slug that's like waddling along the ground. Yeah, you know, it's fine. we just we just stay inside all the time. It's always inside. It's inside all the time. <laughs>